welcome along to another episode of your favorite podcast. The most popular podcast on the south side of Nacogdoches. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's Probably good. Probably so. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. We're super glad you're here. I want to give a special shout out this uh, this podcast today, this Tuesday, that you are listening, maybe. Mm-hmm. Should be, hopefully. Everybody yeah. listens exactly when they come out. That's so, right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, we got another, a friend of the pod, and this was an in-person shout out. So this person mm-hmm. uh, saw me in a hallway, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like scary waiting in a back alley, <laughs> dimly lit no, it's just hallway. The, it's just the office. No, it's just the office. <laughs> um, and said, hey, I have listened to a bunch of episodes today. And I'm about to uh, kind of make my way all the way through. So, friend of the pod, Emma Goble. What's up, Emma? Thanks for yeah. listening. Hope you uh, are enjoying your binging of the pod. We're hearing that a little bit, that mm-hmm. people are starting yeah. in some random spot, and then they're... They're, they're really realizing how great this podcast oh, yes. is, yeah. and uh, going back and catching up on the episodes. That's right. That's right. Well, thanks for listening. And uh, today is I think a, Emma's going to like the one okay, today. Okay. I yeah. think she is, too, yeah. because today is in the history of the podcast, which mm-hmm. is, is uh, we're talking about a long time Nearly, here. Nearly 50 episodes. Nearly, nearly 50 episodes. This is, this is 48. You know, we, we sent out, we always do, we say, you know, who do you want us to, to interview? And Blake kind of did a little bit of an online poll not too long ago. Yeah. Who do you want us to interview? And and we have for you today the most requested yeah, by far. interview. By far. No one else is even close. It's a landslide victory. We have the most requested guest uh, in the studio with us right. today. Ladies and gentlemen, today we are interviewing Madison <laughs> Duty. She's already giggling. Who knows how this <laughs> podcast will go. Stick around for this episode. Thanks for listening. All right. Well, I said we've got the most requested individual in Sweet Tea and Coffee podcast <laughs> history. I almost forgot What's the name, name of this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Let's start there. Well, first of all, welcome, Madison. Thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy day to uh, to spend time with us. But uh, what does that, man, what does that feel like to be the most requested interview? How do you feel? It's like, it, we're, I'm, we're giving you the trophy. <laughs> I'm a mix of honored and sure that someone has like stuffed the ballot box. Oh, <laughs> I mean, there it's may have, the there may person. have been a little bit of that. The very, <laughs> the very first one that came in said, uh, "You need to interview that redheaded girl that sings on stage." <laughs> so we counted that towards you. Yeah, we, we assumed, uh, we that assumed you. they that's didn't name good. you by name, but we counted that towards you. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, yeah, that's pretty cool. So a yeah. lot of people want to hear from you, hear your story. You've been in Nacogdoches now for. For a little while, mm-hmm. uh, so we like to start just with everybody kind of going. Okay, how did uh, how did your journey evolve and and bring you here? Where did you grow up? Mm-hmm. What was life like as a kid, and how did you make your way to Nacogdoches? Um, so I moved a lot when I was little, uh, but I in about middle school we moved to Plano, Texas, and so that's 
basically where I grew up. Um, and then I decided that I needed to go to college and didn't know where to go. Did you decide or were you told you needed to go to college? Uh, well, I don't really know. I was telling somebody the other day that I don't, I don't really remember a conversation with my parents where they said like, okay, like, what do you want to do with your life? Do you need to go to college or, <laughs> or do you want to go to college? And so, I don't know. I just kind of assumed that I was going. It's just what I got to do. Yeah. And then my cousin, two of my cousins uh, went to SFA and I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. So I was like, oh, I'll just go where they are. I was like, Matthew's still there. So I'll just go where he is. <laughs> so cousin Matthew. Cousin Matthew. At SFA. Yes. Shout out to cousin Matthew. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I just, I came to Nacogdoches had no clue. I didn't even come to visit the what? school. I just, <laughs> I, you know, I've heard this. I've heard these type of stories a lot with SFA. It's like they just accidentally come to SFA. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is with that. But yeah, I, I don't know. I just, you I, just knew. Yeah, I guess so. I, but then when I got here, I was not so sure anymore. <laughs> there was, I've heard that too. Yeah, yeah, the whole first semester, I. I was just like, I don't know if I should do this, but mostly just because I didn't make friends very quickly. Like I had a couple, but making friends is hard. And so I yeah. just, I had a really hard time and was like determined to, I didn't want to be a quitter, but I was also like, if this goes on much longer, I'm going to leave. Right. <laughs> was it a, was it a homeschool? I mean, not homeschool. What am I saying? Homesick. <laughs> we homeschool. Maybe that's on the brain. Uh, was it a, uh, was it a homesick thing or was it more just, man, this may not be the right, the right spot for me? Um, I, maybe a mixture of both. Uh, I had some good friends back home and, uh, I, uh, I, I loved going to home to visit them. They Some of them weren't in college, but um, I I also, I think I was just uncomfortable in all the new and wasn't sure how to handle it. And so, yeah. So what, what changed? I mean, you'd been here, what, a, you said that that went on for a little over a year. What, what shifted and changed? Well, it was really, it was just the first semester of school. Um, I, I was enjoying college. I kind of liked some of the aspects of being on my own. I was going home every other weekend, but uh, I I met um, a guy named Oh Jason Sperlin. He was on the podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. there we there go. I met Jason. Hey Jason, and uh, he invited me to the BSM. It was like the end of the semester. And he invited me to Thanksgiving karaoke at the BSM. And yeah. Ooh, that's two things you don't normally hear together. And that's right. I don't. I, <laughs> so true. <laughs> yeah, it was a big thing. I don't like karaoke, but I was like, I'll go. Like, I didn't know there were Christian groups on campus. That's cool. Um, I didn't Much really know. Much less karaoke. Right. <laughs> Christian groups. I did not uh, participate. But anyways, I showed up at the BSM and... I was looking around at all these people who supposedly loved the Lord. And I was just like, this is so cool. Like, it's like a youth group <laughs> for college students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, this is so neat. I didn't really know that Christians went to college. So here we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So at some, so then I don't know, like that, that's interesting. You would have, you accepted an invitation to the BSM. Does that mean that coming into school, uh, you would have called yourself a Christian at that point. Would you have been like, where, where would your faith have been at that point that you would even accept an invitation like that? Yeah. Uh, I, so my family, like I grew up in church 
sort of when we we moved a lot when I was little um, and we weren't really in church or going to church uh, during that time. But uh, we prayed together as a family and I was raised yeah. with like all the typical Christian morals. Um, so I would I was a Christian or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I just didn't really know that there was anything outside of going to church. Yeah. Uh, like on Wednesdays or Sundays. Yeah. I didn't know how to find friends or community. Or... Yeah, that's interesting. We I had this conversation actually with Nathan uh, Dutton, who's been on the podcast. He's our student pastor. And uh, we talked about how important it is for people to, especially like as, for a senior in high school, to see someone in the next stage of their life, uh, which would be like somebody in, you know, in, uh, in college actually pursuing Jesus to be able to imagine, kind of get their imaginations full of what it might look like to be a follower of Christ in that next stage. And it sounds like you're kind of describing a similar sort of light bulb where you go to the BSM and, and you're around people that are just like you in the same season of life, but that are pursuing Jesus in a way that was more outside the box than what you had maybe imagined like the Sunday, Wednesday thing. This was more of a whole life thing. And is that kind of what you are describing? Yeah, I think so. I, I was just, I was shocked (laughs) really. Um, I, my church back home was pretty lukewarm. I, I, in my perspective, um, I just kind of like we went to church and I didn't really, I don't know. And maybe that's more hindsight than me seeing that in the moment. Um, but I just I I really didn't know <laughs> what there what what could have been, um, and so when I met all these people who were like openly just like I love the Lord and like talking about all the things that um, the Lord has done in their life, I was like I don't really have conversations like this. This yeah. is cool. So how did that? I mean, yeah, how did that impact you from that kind of from that moment going forward? Um, well, I so that was like at the end of the first semester of college, and I went home shortly after that and kind of well my life turned around over that Christmas break I Hmm. so I had I was saved when I was 13 um but that was it was kind of the I realized I don't want to go to hell (laughs) like kind of um I and I don't know if I've made this decision yeah um but uh this Christmas break I was home and uh I was still just like very internally wrestling with sin and like just trapped in it. And I had kind of given up thinking like, this is just how my life is. I'm going to just struggle. And, uh, over that Christmas break, somebody came to speak to us, uh, at, on just like a Wednesday night. It was the Wednesday night right before I came back to school. And this guy, I, we had, it was a guest preacher. Nobody knew who he was. He, the, our pastor had met him that day and let him come and speak. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) It was, it was, it was weird, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) I was sitting there like not really paying attention. And this guy, like, I just felt like he was looking at me. I was like, what is happening? (laughs) And in the middle of whatever he was talking about, he stops and he looks right at me and he says, you are not worthless. And then he, wow. he keeps like, keeps going. keeps going. And I just, <laughs> I lost it. I'm just crying and like mentally just like 
spiraling. I was like, what? Because you, what at that? this point, you'd kind of given up. Yeah, and and not necessarily given up on my faith. Just like, I can't do this. Yeah. Like I just I don't know how to get out of all these habits that I've like formed and. Uh, so I'm sitting there and I'm wow. just like, I'm not okay. I'm not worthless. And like the Lord just kind of started bringing up just all the things that I had been processing and, and my sin. And I was like, God, I've tried so many times to hand all this over to you, but I, I can't like, I, it just all comes rushing mm-hmm. back. And he was like, exactly. Like you're trying to do this. Wow. Um, like, wow. He's like, I care for you. And like, I can do this. Just like, give it to me. And uh, so I'm praying and I'm trying to like lay it all down. And, but still part of me is like, I don't, I don't really know if this is going to work. Like I've done this a million times. And uh, the guy who was speaking started calling people up for prayer. And a couple of people went up and then he asked again, and I still don't go up. And he asked again, he just kept asking. He probably asked like, five or six times for people to come up and I was like, <laughs> and so like I got up there and, um, and I like fell to my knees and the Lord just kind of washed over me. And like my uncle came up and was praying for me and it was really sweet. And the Lord was just like, this is the end of, of that life. And like, wow. we're going to move forward. And that moment like propelled me in, back into to college where I made this new community that he had just, like the Lord had just just barely planted it, but I came back knowing where I was going to go and where I was going to invest myself and the people that I was going to surround myself with. Hmm. Um, it was really cool. Wow. So, so, so that's, that's incredible. I actually had a, a, a bit of a similar story, but it wasn't, I didn't have this immediate uh, change. It was, uh, but I remember I was a senior in high school. I remember being, and the same deal, just really, really, really struggling. And uh, the same deal, like a guest preacher. And I mean, just there's so many similarities. And it was, but the, for the first time, this guy was talking about, I'd never heard this before. This guy was talking about the power of the Holy Spirit and that we cannot overcome sin on our own. That that's not a. We're not equipped with that kind of power, and he was, and he, but he, he was talking about living from a very different place than I'd ever lived the Christian life. I'd always lived the Christian life through self-effort, right. and he was talking about living it from a place of surrender, from peace, from the abiding power of God. And like I just, I'd never heard that before, and threw myself into that, just like okay, this, this is different. This, and uh, but I didn't have any idea how to how to live that out after that after that moment. And so I actually had a gap. Uh, of several years of feeling like, you know, kind of reverting back to a, a, a self-help sort of Christianity and trying to do it on my own again, all the while knowing I'd surrender this to the Lord. But what does that look like in the meantime? And so freedom for me didn't come until several years later when it really started to click what it means to actually day in and day out in the practice of surrender uh, to how to live that out. It wasn't just this one time thing. It was, mm-hmm. how do I live that way? And I had to, yeah. I had to learn that. So it's really interesting. Uh, but for you, community was a big part of, uh, of maintaining freedom. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just jumped right back in and, uh, and started, uh, started hanging out with the people that you had just barely met. And that ended up being transformative and mm-hmm. life changing for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, 
It was huge. I, I didn't know these people, but I was like, these people are going to care for me. Somehow I knew. Um, and they did. Like, I just showed up and people started asking me about my life. And like, I, I jumped right into going on a mission trip with the BSM. Like I walked in, didn't know anybody in the building and just kind of wrote my name on the piece of <laughs> I'm paper. I'm going to sign up for out. all the things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was kind of through that process, like the training for this mission trip that I was taught to share my testimony. And that was really hard because I had just like walked out of some stuff. And, but every, like every week for like five or six weeks, they were like, all right, find a partner, sit down and share your testimony. And I was like, Ooh, <laughs> um, but every time I did, I felt lighter and, wow. um, it was and the, and then it wasn't just like the person across from me just kind of nodded and sit, told their story. Like these people would respond to me and like, encourage me and like, cause they were hearing that I had just kind of walked out of some things. And so, I don't know, it was, it was really cool. I was like, I know that this is where I need to be. Wow. Yeah. Well, and that continues to grow, right? I mean, you, mm -hmm. you don't just move through your years at SFA there, you get really involved yeah. in, in the BSM. How does that journey evolve? Yeah, I there was kind of no turning back at that point. I was like, I love this place. You'd already signed up for all the things. Yeah, yeah, signed up to be on the leadership team yeah. for the next year. <laughs> um, but yeah, I stayed on. I served on their leadership team at the BSM for the next four years, and then post college started working there. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, BSM for life. <laughs> How did you, uh, I mean, so is, are you at that point as you're involved in leadership, involved on staff, you know, what are you, what are you processing in terms of God, what do you want me to do with my life? And what's going on in your, in your heart and mind there? Um, I, during college, I didn't really ask that question very much. What I should, were you studying? I should have a uh, hospitality administration. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I went in undecided because obviously I didn't know, um, I was sort of undecided. I put myself down as a history major because I didn't want to admit that I was undecided. What? Yeah. And I took some history classes and it was cool. Yeah. But I was like, I don't want to be a teacher. So. Yeah, that's what, that, I mean, I did the same thing because <laughs> I did, I did explore history and thought I could do this. And yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I want to teach history. That's pretty much all you can do with that degree. Right. I just want to play music. I just want to play music. <laughs> I'm going to be a rock star. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I met somebody who was a hospitality major and I was like, that sounds cool. Um, it's like restaurant management, hotel yeah. management, um, travel and tourism. And I was like, that sounds really neat. I'll pick that. And then didn't really think about what I was going to do with that until my senior year. Probably I started telling people I wanted to be a travel agent. I was like, I'll just plan people's vacations for <laughs> them. That sounds cool. Um, but still really didn't have any <clears throat> dreams or desires to like that backed that up. I just kind of was hoping the Lord would tell me when it was time. And my senior year, we're in like the last semester. I'm like, okay, God, like, <laughs> what am I, yeah, what yeah. am I doing? And I was actually serving my internship here at the church. Um, I somehow managed to convince them to let me do a, an internship with Becky, um, working on the Haiti, like mission trips and stuff. But I really just ended up doing children's ministry things with her. <laughs> And helped her like do plan a little bit of her Haiti mission trip. But uh, anyways, I did that and I was... I forgot about that. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> I was here. Whenever I was here, I was seeing 
you guys interact and seeing like just what it was like working in a church and in ministry. And I was like, this is so cool. I was like, I, I love this. Like, this is such an encouraging environment. Mm -hmm. This is so cool. And that, uh, I remember thinking like, man, it'd be really cool to work here. Um, but didn't see a place for me and, but knew that there were opportunities to, to go and work at the BSM after college. And I was like, okay, I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make this decision. And so I, um, applied to work there and the Lord very graciously confirmed it, um, in a few different ways, just giving me a lot of peace. And so I ended up working there for the next four years, which was awesome. It was it was hard. Uh, every year was kind of a new, I need to check in with the Lord and see. There was always kind of an unsure yeah. aspect to it. I was I kept wanting the Lord to just tell me this is where I'm going to be forever. I was like, I love the BSM. Like, I want to invest in people the way that people invested in me here. But for some reason, every year in the spring, I was having to check in and say, okay, Lord, like, do I, do I stay? And he'd be like, one more year, check back in. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not in those clear terms, but that's kind of how I, uh, that's just, I don't know. That's how it went for four so years. So you were, you were, for four years, you're going basically year to year, just mm -hmm. going, okay, I want to, I want to be where the Lord has put me. And, yeah. uh, but I, I don't want to hold on to that too tightly. Don't want to be, uh, just maintaining safety. I want to, I want to be where God has put me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, so the first two years I, I was like, this is, this is where I'm going to be forever. And then. Uh, maybe, yeah, within, in the third year working there, my dad passed away and I started questioning everything. I kind of like just lost sight of, of a lot of things. And I was like, I don't, I don't know anymore. I was like, I just, my future all of a sudden, even though my future wasn't wrapped up in my dad, like I, I felt like my future just became this big question mark. Mm. And I was like, uh, I don't know what to do from here. But I kind of stayed where I was at because I didn't know what else to do. Um, and obviously still loved the BSM, but. Yeah, wow. That, I mean, that's a that's a massive uh, bump in the road. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a, a, a quite the unexpected moment. How, I mean, you, that was your third year. So you'd graduated you were in your, you were about to start your third year. Is that right? I think at, so. at the BSM? Yeah. I think that's right. Yes. Man. So th that, that goes down totally shocking, totally unexpected. Mm -hmm. And man, what goes, what goes on in your, in your world from that point? I imagine that's incredibly jarring. Yeah. I, it really felt like in some ways everything halted. Like I felt like my mind was wiped. <laughs> Uh, I just, it was January of 2019 and the semester was about to begin and I was actually, I, I was struggling that last like five or six months before that I was like my best friend had just moved to Mississippi and I had started support raising my salary and that was, that was really, really tough, um, on me. And I just, I was I don't want to use the word depressed because I don't know for sure, but there were lots of moments where I was mm. like, I'm not doing well. And mm. so I had been going to counseling for that. And then, um, then my dad passed away and I was like, Oh, <laughs> like I was already kind of in a, in yeah. a rough place. And like, I had been that night, actually, I was in my room and I was 
very poorly playing the guitar and just trying to sing like worship songs. Mm -hmm. I was like, I have never felt this low before. I was like, gosh, what is going on? And like, why? Like I was imagining myself singing and encouraging other people. Hmm. Uh, I just reread that in my journal not too long ago. I had been like imagining myself, like trying to encourage other people who were going through something really hard. Um, but then I was also feeling really guilty for picturing myself in that way because I was in such a like uncomfortable and like dark, dark place. Um, and then like it, while that's happening, like I get this call and I was like, Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so it kind of, everything just froze for a little bit. Um, the hardest part, though, is that things don't stop, and I think mm. that's what what I wrestled with for a really long time was that life is still going, even mm -hmm. though I feel like it should have stopped. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I, one of the, you know we, I remember that day. Uh, I remember that. I remember that phone call, uh, and that Gary uh, Davis had, uh, who's who's the BSM director and was your boss at the time, had mm -hmm. thrown you in the car, and y'all were off back home, uh, to see, uh, to, to be with your, your family after you'd received the news. And as you and I talked about it in days and weeks and months that would, uh, that would follow one of the things that really stood out to me in that, in that story was there were, there were a couple of people, uh, that came kind of out of the woodwork a little bit, mm -hmm. uh, to be there for you, uh, to, uh, to do the little things. And one story, it just in particular that I remember, I'd love for you to, for you to share was that was, uh, you had a friend, uh, that, that as you and your family are, are making preparations, she just shows up and, uh, starts cleaning and starts yeah. like doing things around the house. Talk, talk a little bit about maybe share that story, but talk a little bit about in, in the moments where you just feel like, I mean, you're just completely numb. You feel mm -hmm. like you're just totally flattened. Life is over. Uh, what it's like to look around and and see people like that picking up the pieces and walking with you in those in those difficult moments. Yeah. Um, I'll give you some context for what I was feeling. <laughs> I, I it was I kind of felt a mixture of nothing and sadness, obviously. Yeah. Like I just was so sad yeah, and then numb, but I wasn't angry. I didn't have questions. I just was sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I really did. I was kind of just sitting on my couch and people just flooded into my house. Um, and they were just kind of circling around, but yeah, my friend Jessica, um, from home, we, I wouldn't say we grew up together, but we knew each other for a long time. Um, and she, just she showed up and she didn't leave they her and her sister were there the night like when i like pulled up to the house and she spent the night every night for the next two weeks until i went back or came back here and she cleaned my room she brought me water every 30 minutes <laughs> or so um she like cooked with my family she um she made the slideshow for my dad's funeral she hmm. She did. There's so many things she probably did. Um, she went and ran errands for my family and 
like helped sort through stuff and it was just it was incredible and like I'm just like watching her do this I picture myself from the couch because that's really all where the only place that I was and I just like watching her and like even a whole day where there's a bunch of new family and people that she doesn't know that were sitting around me and with me she would just be like sitting in the kitchen like she wouldn't leave to go home or rest or anything she just kind of she just stayed and it it was jarring it was like I was like why why would you do this for me um but I'm so glad that she did it was just kind of like an an anchor like this person's not going away mm-hmm. um but yeah it was really special to me and I like I think about it all the time I'm like I could never repay her hmm. and then like my uncle passed away a few months ago and she did the same thing she showed up <laughs> like while I was like there with my family and she just sat with us and she made the slideshow for his memorial too. (laughs) Wow. But yeah. And that, that was just her, like so many of our friends and family members just showed up and stayed and took care of everything. You know, while everything was falling to pieces, they just (laughs) took care of us. Oh, it's a, it's a incredibly powerful picture of, of what community is, is really what Christian community really ought to, Mm-hmm. ought to look like. And I, I mean, I think about, you know, the, the classic story of, of suffering in, in the scriptures is a story of, of Job. And he just, I mean, just so much loss and devastation. Yeah. And then he has friends that come and they want to talk about it. They want to figure out why, and they want to give advice and they want to, you know, they want to yeah. say a lot of things. Uh, and, it, and in that moment, it's not, that's not, helpful. it's not appropriate, yeah. not helpful. And I, and I think about that. And then I think about the story you just, just told about then those moments, the most powerful thing you can do is just be present, mm-hmm. be present and serve and be quiet um, and offer water every 30 minutes. You know, yeah. I just think what a, <laughs> what an incredible contrasting uh, picture from what we think we people need, which is answers and words mm-hmm. versus in those moments, what we actually need, which is just a quiet servant heart, just presence, uh, sustained presence. I think that's a, powerful picture. Well, how, I mean, so obviously that's, man, that's just, that's no light and easy thing. I mean, that, 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 uh, is something that you then from that moment begin to have to wrestle with and deal with. You talked about life moving on, but at the same time feeling shut down. How, how did God is God imagine that's still a very present thing, carry you through that moment and into where you are now? Um, for the next, I mean, it's, it's only been like three years, but so for the next like year, year and a half, it, it was very much like just the world spinning around me and me just trying to keep up. Um, I feel like I talked about that a lot. We met a lot during that time and Mm -hmm. I just, I was like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) I, I I was trying really hard to grieve correctly. Yeah. I remember thinking that a lot and hopefully admitting that. Um, but I just, I was like, I want to do this right. I want to do it well. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to, I think it was like, I just don't want to feel this for very long. <laughs> hmm. It was, that was probably the underlying emotion. <laughs> but uh, I, I was just so lost. And I remember there was one, um, there was one time that I went to meet with you and it 
it really helped. I think I had just got probably gone on this tangent of like, like wanting to to rest i think you had been telling me like you just like just calm down like just rest (laughs) um and like you don't have to do anything right now and uh who knows what i said but you stopped and you were like i'm gonna leave the office for five minutes and you opened your notebook you ripped out a piece of paper and you handed it to me (laughs) and you said i want you to imagine that you just said all of that like the that God is sitting right there and like, imagine what he would say to you. Uh, and you, then you left. Your left. Office. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good ya. pastor. Just abandon you. Right there. So naturally I spent the next five minutes panicking, knowing that I was going to fail the assignment. <laughs> but coming to the end of the five minutes, I realized there was only, there was three things in my head the whole time. And I was like, I guess I'll write these down because he's going to come back in a second. got to have something. <laughs> yeah. And so I wrote them down and I was really nervous to share them with you because I knew you were going to make me read them. But it, I think because I was like, these seem so simple. Hmm. The things that I've just written down, they seem so like, duh. <laughs> yeah. But so I read them and I had written on this piece of paper, stop, come to me and I love you. Wow. And that was your reaction then, too. <laughs> and I just sat there and cried. <laughs> wow. Um, and it it's what I needed to hear. So mm. I realized, like, I don't have to grieve correctly. I don't have to, I don't have to do anything. Uh, there's not, like, a standard that I need to be living up to right now. I just need mm-hmm. to go and sit with the Lord and, mm. like, let him take care of me. And that was huge. <laughs> wow to realize that like I'm again, there's no standard Mm -hmm. of how to grieve correctly, how Mm -hmm. to get through this. Like it's, I can just kind of (laughs) stop. Yeah. Well, so I imagine that moment really becomes, I mean, as uh, grief, it's not, we talk about it really linear, you Mm -hmm. know, like, and kind of like what you were, what you're even describing is thinking that it was as you, as you were in it, you know, like, where's the, I'm obviously I've, I've started the race and I want to finish the race and how do I do that? And yeah. it's, but it's just, it just doesn't work that way. It's not, it's not linear in many ways. It is, uh, it's lifelong and, and it changes in phases and seasons. But, um, but I imagine that moment that you're describing there becomes sort of a, a stake in the ground mm-hmm. for the way that the process would, would continue on. Yeah. How did, how did those words, not just in the moment, but from that day, even up till now, how did, how did that moment kind of, and how has it shaped the way you've walked, continued to walk through that grief? Uh, I've pretty immediately felt a lot of freedom just hmm. again to, to stop, stop trying to do everything right. And, um, for a while that was kind of hard cause I stopped everything yeah. and I lost a lot of discipline <laughs> yeah. because I was just like, the Lord said I didn't have to, <laughs> um, <laughs> but like I experienced a lot of freedom in that and realizing that like nobody's judging me for anything I'm doing or not doing right now. And, um, I, I, I remember that often. I still have that piece of paper. It's tucked into my mirror. Hmm. Um, and I, I like, I'll stop and think about it sometimes and like, just and remember that I can just go to the Lord and mm. um, wherever I'm at and 
uh, it's been a, a long journey of, of trying to find discipline again and, and figure out like what my life looks like now. Um, I think for a while I was trying to get back to a place that felt good. Um, cause before my dad passed away, that Madison knew the God of like, of forgiveness and repentance and salvation. And that's wonderful. But I didn't also know like who he was to me in heartbreak and, and sadness oh. and, hmm. and, and then the questions. And I was, so I've been for the last couple of years trying to navigate, like, learning who he is now like who i i've experienced so much more and mm. um i don't know trying to f see my life through the new lenses i guess that i've been yeah. given but. wow well and in in that process too your uh your work world kind of changes mm -hmm. and that's an interesting <laughs> part of the i think it's a really interesting part of this story um that somewhere in there uh, you you end up on staff here. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I remember, I, I, I can go back and kind of remember the point where I felt like, where I started really seriously thinking about that, uh, where I, you know, I just, and, and that, you know, we just, gosh, when we, when we hire and when we make staff, there's just so much prayer and Lord, would you just please, show us who and yeah. and how and and I remember th I remember those moments of starting to think you know lord are you are you uh calling madison here and and uh but how does that evolve for you i mean how does uh, how, how do you start thinking about that was it when i called you was it just completely random were you shocked or were you you know i mean where how did you uh end up here um well in the summer of 2020 i had stopped working at the BSM. I had asked him around February, March, I'd sat down with the Lord and was like, okay, or like, do you need me to step away? Uh, kind of the, the same, like every yeah, year I had right. asked that question. And this time it was a resounding yes. And so I like immediately got up, went to the office and was like, all right, I gotta, like, I gotta go. <laughs> the Lord said, <laughs> wow. I gotta go. Um, and I, I didn't know, I kind of had this year time frame in my head where I was like, I, I don't know. It's I feel like there's a year break in here and I don't really know what's going to happen in this year if I'm going to come back to the BSM or or what's going to happen, but I knew I was going to finish my contract and then see what happens. And so in June I finished the contract and uh took a few weeks uh just to myself and then I got a job at Brendan's. Uh and just Brendan he's the he, it all comes back to Brendan yeah. in this podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really sweet. I actually I ran into him at his restaurant and he asked if I had found a job or what I was doing and I was like I really don't know what I'm supposed to do right now and he's like well come work for me until you figure it out. Mm. Um and that was a huge blessing. Um and so I worked there and for I don't know six months or so, and that that was that was huge for me because I was just able to work with my hands and not really have to think about it a whole lot, and so I was able to just process my life, <laughs> mm. which was so nice. I I would spend so much time cleaning those refrigerators in the back, and I was just like, this is so great. It's <laughs> <laughs> like also so gross, <laughs> but so great. Um, and so we 
get back to the spring. It's like February and I sit down. I was also babysitting one of my friend's kids and um, I sat down with the Lord. I was like, all right, it's it's been about a year. Like, what am I supposed to do? Um, and a few hours later, <laughs> you called me. <laughs> no way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I've heard this part of the story. Yeah. And you were like, hey, you want to come to the office for a brief chat? And I was like, that does sound like something he would dun, say. Dun, dun, dun. I was like, okay. <laughs> um, I honestly thought we had just launched the All My Hope stuff. And you had mentioned to me, like, asking if I would ever be comfortable, like, sharing my story through that avenue. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, he probably wants me to talk about All My Hope or whatever. And then I show up and you just kind of lay out what you were thinking about the job. And I, I, I was shocked. <laughs> Um, but also like inwardly just like, God, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And there was never, well, I wouldn't say there's never a moment that I was unsure about accepting the job, but I was like, this is it. <laughs> like, this is for me. Um, yeah. And so that's cool. Yeah. That was like a few week process. Cause you were like, we haven't actually like written out the job or anything, but just wondering if you're interested. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, and so then I said yes. And now here you are. <laughs> yeah. Here, here I am. you are. And you've been here now. A little over a year. A little over a year. Well, that's cool. And it's cool, too, to see how just, you know, for us, uh, how that job even opened up mm-hmm. um, and the things that we needed. And, and part of what we needed in that job, amazingly enough, was uh, somebody that gets hospitality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just so cool. I just listened to the beginning of your story and now how much you're using that here. I mean, so much of anything that's in that category of hospitality that you see here at the church has Madison's fingerprints on it. Right. And uh, that's just so cool how, how the Lord mm-hmm. would orchestrate that and, and that that would be your degree and what you yeah. are passionate about. And, um, and also, I just, for the record, people may have missed it. You said this back a while ago. You're the first, you're probably the first person, uh, Blake, and I don't mean to throw you uh, or I under the bus here, but she's, she's maybe the first person that's ever called us cool. Uh, I think she did mention that this would be a cool job. This, this, yeah. we, we were cool people. To <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, yeah, she saw us in action and thought, and that's, that those there, yeah. that's a, that's cool. So <laughs> let's just keep that for the record. So first, I still think you're cool. first time in history and second time. Then it's, yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Well, so what's that been like? I mean, how, how has it been? Uh, no pressure, you know, yeah, we're just, it's we're, just, it's, it's just, just, a, a, it's a just your boss saying, yeah, this is not a, <laughs> a podcast employee review, yeah. but right. I mean, what's, what's that been like to, to come into a, a new season, to be in a place where you feel like the Lord's called you, you love this this community and it felt like this is where you wanted to stay and be. And, um, and then being able to kind of be in a position where the unique giftings that you have are being, being utilized. What's that been like? Well, and I'll interject too. Go ahead. Some of the things that she's doing in this job too are outside of her normal (laughs) comfort zone. And so I feel it's like, it's it's interesting combination of that. How does that play into it? Yeah. I have so many thoughts. I feel like (laughs) you just asked me so many questions. So many questions. Let's see. What else can I ask you? (laughs) No, go ahead. I love working here so much. I am amazed, like constantly, at just at how the Lord has prepared me for working here, and just all the things that I get to do. That I'm actually like, I'm good at that. I can do that. Yeah. Mm. Um, there are so many tasks that come up that I'm like, oh yeah, I can do that. And yeah. so uh, that's been really cool. 
I've told you this before. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I, I still like over a year later, I'll walk down the hallway and just smile to myself. Cause I'm like, wow, I can't <laughs> believe I work here. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And it really, it happens all the time. I just, I love being here. And something that I've, I've been thinking about a lot lately is that there are quite a few things that I don't, that I don't really know how to do or like, I'm not super familiar with, but I don't feel intimidated by mm. them to the point of like, Ooh, I shouldn't be here. Right. I, mm. I, I want to learn how to do those things. And like, I, I want to be here for a long time. And that is a, a different place than I felt even at the BSM. Sometimes I, there were things that I was like, I can't do that. And it would be almost crippling. Um, but here I, I feel like I, I want to learn how to do that. And I, uh, I don't know. I have a lot of hope for my progress. Like yeah. I want to learn and I want to, I want to do this job well and I want to serve this church well because they have loved me so well. Um, but one, well, so much of that seems too tied to, you know, I, obviously I, I love this place as well and think this is a great, um, this is an incredible church, incredible place to work. And, but, but that attitude of, of feeling like, no, I can lean into this. I can learn. Mm-hmm. That I, that's not necessarily because of this place. That that seems to me to be so much about the process that the Lord has brought you through in some of the hardest moments of of your life. That your your outlook and your perspective seem to be totally different on on this side of those of those moments than maybe they were before. You think that is part of it? Yeah. I guess I haven't really thought about it much. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I I think it it does seem that I I mean I've I've definitely grown a lot in yeah. my perspective, but I don't know. I guess I haven't really thought yeah, about it. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I'll let you know on a little secret <laughs> of two guys in their mid thirties pastoring a church. We feel that way too. Sometimes. I think <laughs> I think it's late thirties. Are we? Yeah. <laughs> It's somewhere in between mid to late. Anyway, we're cool. Be cool, man. Be cool. Be cool. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that 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 uncertainty, but Mm. leaning into that and being excited to learn. You know, Mm -hmm. I I find myself in that often. So yeah, Hmm. that's cool. I wonder if I was thinking about this a couple months ago about February. That I was like, this would have been the time that I would be asking the Lord, like, okay, do I stay another year? Um, but I was like, I don't have to do that. I don't feel the need to, to check in Mm -hmm. and ask the Lord, like if I need to stick around, like I feel like I'm here for a while and like, maybe the Lord will bring me somewhere else one day, but, um, hopefully not for at least 30 years. That's right. You signed a 30 year (laughs) contract. (laughs) We try to lock everybody down. That's right. I try to go for for (laughs) thirties. Let let me ask you this, uh, as we, as we wrap up, I would, I would love to just you know, somebody that, uh, and we, we do this pretty often on the show where, uh, we ask somebody that's walked through something, whatever it is, uh, just for their perspective. If, if, if they were to, if somebody were to come to them and they were to be, uh, really fresh in that journey of, of grief uh, and maybe, maybe grief, maybe loss, maybe just a moment where something unexpected has happened that's kind of caused them to go, I don't, 
I don't know, you know, everything stopped. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. Uh, having been through what you've walked through, what, what would you say to somebody that's just right there fresh in the beginning of that journey? Oh, wow. That's hard. (laughs) I would probably say a lot of things, but I would probably be really honest. Like this is going to be really hard, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. but like, like you're going to be okay. (laughs) That sounds kind of cheesy, but like you, like, I don't know. Like, the Lord is, is going to provide for you. Hmm. I've, I've seen him provide mm-hmm. over and over again. And so hmm. I like the Lord will provide even when it seems, seems like there's, there's nothing that could help. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Uh, it's ironically, it's simple, Madison. Yeah. <laughs> like you said that you needed, it's so yeah. simple. Yeah. And sometimes it's the, it's those very simple things that are uh, that are profound and that and that get us through. So I, I appreciate that, man. I really appreciate you sharing your story with us uh, as the most requested interview <laughs> in podcast history. I know that those that are listening also uh, certainly appreciate you you sharing that with us. And look, if you want to see or hang out with Madison, just come hang out with us over here at, at Fredonia. It's a cool Hill. place to be. It's yeah. a cool place. We have been dubbed a cool place to be. <laughs> just walk uh, down all the way, all, all the way down the hallway and you'll reach all the, three of us. Yeah, that's right. You'll come <laughs> hang out with all of us. So, uh, hey, listen, if you have somebody you want us to interview or really one of the most special things, certainly you can send those to us, those recommendations. Man, one of the most special things for us is to hear from you how these stories have impacted you. And want to just encourage you again and we do this, uh, we try to do this really uh, as much as we can, but just encourage you, man, sit down with the people that are in your world, in your sphere of influence, take time out of your day, invite somebody to coffee, to lunch, to your home for dinner, break bread together, whatever it is, take some time and ask somebody in your world some questions that, that give some space to share their story. Listen to what God is doing in one another's lives. We are encouraged every time we sit around this table. We're challenged mm-hmm. uh, by what the Lord is doing. And, uh, and man, we just, we grow closer to one another when we, when we take time to listen to each other's stories. So thanks Madison for sharing that with us. And uh, we want to hear how that's impacted you. So if you want to reach out with a guest recommendation or testimony uh, about this show, you can hit us up. You can at all the channels, <laughs> all the way. Have you forgotten the email? No, no. I was just trying to think of another way of saying it because I feel like I'm droning on about the email. But you can email us at stc at org. Hey, thanks for listening. We will see you next time. Adios. Adios.